I love to see the babies in church and young people that are here today. The blessings upon you, blessings on everyone. Trust you had a great Thanksgiving. I don't know about you, but it's always easy to overeat, you know, on those special occasions. And so uh, someone was talking about having too much pie. That's a good problem. You know, whenever you can get a chance to have pie, Thanksgiving. God is good to give to us. He has so much for us. His word is so precious. His word helps us to live. It actually brings life, um, faith. Uh, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of Christ. And I encourage you, if you don't have a Bible, and there's several Bibles out on the table that are free for your taking, just to pick one out, take one out, they're yours. If you don't have a Bible for your own self, and read for yourselves. I believe God's word is, is still as, as that which is changing lives. God, the Holy Spirit, takes his word and uh, soaks us in our hearts so that we understand his truth. So today I want to take you to the book of Proverbs to start there at least. And I, I, encourage, I encourage you to read the book of Proverbs, actually. Uh, you can read through um, a chapter uh, a day or a chapter a week, however you choose. But there's 30, 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. So you can cover Proverbs in a, in a month if you do one every day, a chapter every day from Proverbs. I find myself um, reading Scripture, uh, Old Testament. I kind of read from the beginning through, and at the same time I will flip into the New Testament and draw from that as well. And never can get it. Uh, you can't get it all one time. <laughs> in fact, you can't get it all in a lifetime, amen? Because you can get enough that you can, the more you get from God's word, the more you want. And so you, he sustains us. And there, I believe there's a spiritual uh, appetite that the Lord wants us to have. And I'm glad for, for the Holy Spirit that, that draws people to himself. And so the wisdom that comes from Proverbs is, is exceptional uh, you can read Proverbs over and over and again because there's a lot of verses that are nuggets of truth and that you can kind of take home with you that you can take through your day with you and chew on them throughout the day and course of the week or however you, however whatever works for you. I encourage you to listen to Christian music, if possible, Christian songs, especially praise and worship songs that will help keep your focus. I believe that we're... Um, that we're able to keep sharper when our minds are upon the Lord. We're able to see clear. We're able to see things as they are. And when the troubles come, right? You don't have to look for trouble. How many had some troubles this week? Yeah. No one, nobody wanted to commit, but uh, admit, but one, well, maybe two. How many had trouble this morning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come here. We all have trouble. We all have challenges. We all have stuff that we're facing. And sometimes it's the old body, the old person. I don't want to praise the Lord. I don't feel like it. You know, when I find I begin to praise the Lord anyway. It takes a while. It may take a while. I'll get there. You know, like them old pitcher pumps. Remember back on the farm, if you remember back in those days, you poured the water, you had to prime the pump. You kept, you kept priming, you kept pumping the pump, and the water started to come, and it was worth it. So the Lord, I believe God. I believe God has something for you today, and I want to speak out of Proverbs chapter 4, and I want to ask this question, what's in your heart? What's in your heart today? 
What's on your heart? And another way to really look at it is who's in your heart? Who's, in your, who's living inside of you? And that would be question, the great answer, would, the best answer would be Jesus is living in me. By the Holy Spirit, he dwells within me. And so when we ask Jesus to come into our heart, he comes in. And he wants to be seated on your heart of hearts. He wants to be on the throne of your heart. And that's the greatest thing. And I see we go from Jesus being our Savior than from Jesus being our Lord. What does that mean? Well, the Lord, he, he's in control. Now he's in control. Do we want him to be in control? Sometimes there's a wrestling match. Sometimes there's this tug, this, this feeling, a sense that Paul described. I know the right thing to be doing, but there's this stuff in me, this flesh that I, I, I struggle with, finding myself doing the right thing. Listen, everyone's going through a battle today. Everyone has had to a degree of battle. But the psalmist has some words of wisdom. And so we'll start by asking, what's in your heart today? My son, verse 20 at verse, uh, chapter 4, Proverbs. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their whole body. Did you catch that? And so, in other words, you, you take God's word and keep them in the midst of your heart. It will, it will bring a blessing. It even says the blessing of health to your whole body. In other words, there's healing in the word of God. There's healing by the virtue of simply reading, taking in the word of God. He said, watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the spring, springs of life. So what is in your heart ought to be that, that, that which is creating life around you. And sometimes our heart gets hurt. Sometimes our heart gets down. Sometimes our heart gets discouraged. Sometimes our heart gets messed up. And we need a healing. We need a, a restoration. I mean, we, sometimes we need our heart needs to rest and come into a right relationship with Jesus. So it's easy to drift. Sometimes. You not be intentional about pursuing the Lord. It's easy sometimes to slack off on your scripture reading. It's easy to slack off sometimes in your prayer life. But God is always wooing us. He's always calling us. He's always drawing us near to him because he wants us to be in that place where we will bring light, light and life to a darkened world that will be a salt, that will be a saver, that will be a, will have a demeanor, will have a, a countenance about us that will bring life, that will... Build up the place around where you go. You will make the place a better place because of Jesus is in your heart. He'd come to give us life. And life more abundantly. That doesn't mean you'll have everything that you want. It doesn't mean you'll have the best of best. No, we don't need that really. What we need is a satisfaction that when we lay our heads on the pillow at night that our heart is in right relationship with Jesus. That I have nothing to hide from him. It is simply the Lord himself. Put away from you a deceitful mouth. Here's verse 24. This is powerful because there's a part of our body that James talks about the tongue being restless. James, a little letter of James tucked away in this New Testament. He spoke to the, the, the member of the tongue. He speaks to it about it being a small member. 
but it can be easily set aflame a whole forest fire. He likened it to a bit in a horse's mouth that you'd put a bit in the horse's mouth and that can control that horse. He likened the tongue to a rudder that would, was small that it to control the whole course of that ship. Oh Lord, here's what needs to happen. Jesus said from out of the, the heart the mouth speaketh. And Jesus took it a step farther when he was talking in the beginning of the portion of Matthew. When he said, even if you have hate, if you have hate for your brother, it's like likened to murder. How important is their heart? What happens if our heart grows cold to the Lord? We become distant. We become self-centered. We cannot get enough of this stuff on this world to satisfy or gratify us. And so we're feeling this emptiness. And everyone has this void. We've been born into this problem. We have a sin nature. And I need the Lord to change that and take away my sin. And I don't have to know all the answers, all the theological questions. I begin with my heart and say, Jesus, come into my heart and make me what I ought to be. Make me a new person. He says in his word, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation, a new creation. What do you mean? You are now no longer having to bow down to your old nature. You have been given a new nature. You have been given the power to overcome, to say no to sin and say yes to Jesus and to have this focus that you let your eyes look directly ahead. Let your gaze be fixed straight in front of you. Watch the path of your feet and all your ways will be established. Don't turn to the left or to the right. Uh, turn your foot from evil. And it's describing here a focus. Anyone can get off focus. Anyone can get off track when we slack off on our devotion to the Lord. Anyone who's a writer of Hebrews says, we be careful lest we drift and find ourselves way far away in a faraway land or a faraway place, distant from God. When Peter was following the Lord, he was trying at first in his self, in his own strength, in his own willpower, and he was struggling all the way until he found that it was not going to be himself, but it was going to be the power of the Holy Spirit that changed. Peter was the one who said, I'll never deny you, Lord. I'll die with before that. And what did we find? Jesus said, you'll deny me three times before the cock grows. And sure enough, we understand Peter, but Peter was changed. Peter was infused after the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit came and filled the 120 that were in the upper room. Whoa, what, a, what a great, what a, what a change, what a transformation. He was not the same. He was able to go out and speak the truth with boldness and able to go places where he would not go otherwise. See, I'm talking about the only way to be really free. This is, this is it. The only will, way to really be 
alive is what's in your heart. Because they can put us in prison. They can whatever. There may be persecution that's coming, but they can't take Jesus out of your heart. Jesus comes in to say, and Jesus, as we look to him, will continue to guide us and direct us. And so my part, no one can watch over my heart. I have to watch over my heart. I can't watch over your heart. You have to watch over your heart. And so what I'm getting, the scripture just, I'm pulling out of here. There's a need for us to be reminded, keep it in your midst. Keep it on your heart. The Old Testament, they were commanded to talk about the things of the Lord when they sat down to have a meal. Talk about it when you're assembled together to have a meal. Talk about it when you're traveling along the road, when you're walking the path. Wow. What that tells me is that faith needs to start in the home. Amen? Mom and dad play a great, huge role in influencing their children to want to serve the Lord. If children see their mom and dad loving God and loving each other, that's a huge impact. And then it also can work the other way can be very negative. Then there's a lot more work for children to work through. Then the church. We go from the family to the church. When the church is loving each other, there's establishing, there's a safe place. I like that. The church needs to be a safe place where we can see people, love them, and point them away. Encourage. I like the word encourage. I like to be encouraged. You like to be encouraged whether you admit it or not, right? You like it when people, you know, compliment you, encourage you, say, good job, say, I, I, I really, you really did a great job. Do, do, that, do that with each other. Speak life into each other. Speak good things. Put away, it says, a devious, deceitful mouth. Wow, we have so much of that in the world. There's so much deceit everywhere. There's so many lies, untruths. There's so many things that's self-centered. It's sickening. What is the church? What is it that we, what is it that we have to offer? Is that which comes to a relationship with Jesus, there is a different way in which we can live. There is a way which we can live because it comes from the throne of God himself. As the word of God is open to us, and each and every day we have the privilege to read it, or at least take it in from time to time. Proverbs 3, 1 through 6 talked about binding them, or binding the truths, binding the commandments around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Well, that's, a, that's, that's quite a language. Write them on. You have a tablet on your heart. Well, we have a place that God wants to speak to us. God wants to help us put the word of God in our heart. The psalmist said that I might not sin against thee. I have treasured. Thy word in my heart, that I may not sin against listeners' benefits. We read already that there will be health to their whole body. 
For those who find the truth, those who find the life, there is health for their body. The psalmist said in 103, forget none of his benefits, heals all your diseases, satisfies your years with good things. There's this misconception. If I commit myself to the Lord, if I really totally sell off, I'm going to be a miserable person. He's going to send me to some place I'm not going to be happy. Have you ever felt that way or heard? Yeah. Vern, you're, you know what I'm, you're chuckling. I had to send uh, the young person, oh, I, I'm not just, well, listen, here's how it works. God will never drag you. He'll urge you. He'll nudge you. He'll lead you. Here's how it works. Psalm 37, we have all heard, delight yourself in the Lord, right? And he will give you what? The desires of your heart. Listen. If I'm delighting myself in the Lord, what's going to happen? His desires are starting to become my desires. You see where I'm going with this? All of a sudden, it makes sense now. Why not go somewhere and help a church, help a missionary, help somewhere else? That's, why not give beyond my uh, self? Why not stop and help a person that's struggling? It gets fun. Think about this. The potential that the church has, that you and I have, because of the word of God. I remember as a young person, I, I was just, you know, this is, this is back in the 70s. Come on. I mean, guys, that's ancient. 70s. I remember driving down a, a highway. And, you know, I was young. I, I, sometimes I'd, I stopped and picked up a hitchhiker. <gasps> Not always the wisest thing to do nowadays. But I felt as if the Lord says, stop, pick him up. And the Lord was, I, I was young. I was probably 18, somewhere in there, 17, 18. I was just driving my old 4x4, 1977, six-bank, four-speed, four-wheel drive. Mint colored. I always loved that truck. This guy is walking. And as I pull over, and now it was long, and I felt the Lord's witness to him, say something. So I don't know how it happened. It just kind of happened. We started talking about the Lord. And it wasn't long. We were, we were really getting into it. And it was, it was good. It was a moment. It was like, okay. This is happening. This is cool. This is something I've never really done before. What is it? If I had not been taking time with the Lord, perhaps I would have missed the nudge to pull over. Or I would have missed the fact that we have something to say. You have the potential to raise someone up to another level. Amen. Listen. We don't always lead them to Jesus. We, that, that happens wonderful. Go for it. But there may be an opportunity to help a person take a step toward the right way. You know what I'm saying? You get them to another level. You get their appetite. You arouse something by the Holy Spirit. That's what the scripture is to watch over your heart with all diligence. For from it flow the springs of life. There needs to be life within us because of Jesus. There is life. Amen. Life. 
I'm convinced that it's the people of God in the back roads of our society, in the various places of our, our communities, in the hallways and in the classrooms, the salt and the light, and you're bringing a message of hope to a person that's considering to take their life. And you may be their last way of encouragement. You may be the one to help stop that. It's huge. We're in a rampart. We're in a, there's, a, there's a whole bunch of people in our world that are living in a hopeless way. And you and I get to bring a message of life because of the word of God in us. When I watch over my heart, we are to watch that we don't become pri- proud in ourselves. Look what I've done. I must watch that I do not allow myself to become elevated. I'm but a mere man. He is the Savior. He is the Lord. I must be careful if someone has hurt me that I do not harbor that and wallow in that and allow bitterness to creep into my life and resentment. I must watch over my heart that I don't choose to to not forgive someone. I must watch over my heart that I may not become complacent, meaning dissatisfied with life how it is, and that I'm not intentionally seeking after the Lord. Watching over your heart has to do with what the enemy is trying to get at you. And he'll try every trick to discourage you, to stop you from praying, to stop you from believing, to stop, if he can, to stop you from reading the word of God. He said, put away a deceitful mouth. I believe, as the scripture in James says, no man can tame the tongue. I believe that. But listen, no man but God. Isn't that good news? God can tame our tongue. Because God can change our heart. God can come in and cleanse and remove and give us a new spirit. No man can tame it, but God can tame it. I must be careful not to think, well, this is something I can do it myself. I, not, I must be careful that I do not become careless and saying, you know, this, this is okay. I can do this. I can do this in my own strength. I can just, you know, uh, walk into this place and there's no big deal. There's no danger. I must be prayed up. I must put on the whole armor of God. Amen? I must put on each piece. I must pray. I believe that the spirit of the Lord is, is in filling me and filling me and filling and refilling me and flowing through me. That brings us down to what verse 26 describes. Watch the path of your feet. There are some places that we ought not to go in this world. If there's a company, if there's a place, if it brings you down. That's what it's speaking. There are some people that you need to probably not hang out with. I say that with a love. We need to be careful. If someone is bringing us to a path... That leads from the Lord. We need, to, we need to get out of that. Let your eyes look directly ahead of you. And see, there's always a path that the enemy would try to turn you 
who tried to trick you to go on to. Listen, there's a road, Jesus said, that is narrow that leads to life. There's another road that's broad that leads to destruction. And he said, many are on that road. But he says, narrow. I want to be on the, the road that leads to life. I want to be on that place where I'm, yes, going to a place that shall, I, I'll never die again. I'm going to a place that I'll, I'll never see pain again. This is heaven, of course. Our ways will be established. You know that the Lord wants to establish your plans. Did you know that the Lord wants to be involved with your plans? Did you know that the Lord wants to bless your plans? I believe this is a part of understanding God's word. At Joshua chapter 1, he was stepping into the shoes of Moses after Moses has passed away. And now he is the next person to be a leader. And the scripture reads, only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it. There it is. Don't turn from it to the right or the left. There are a lot of things that are coming at us in our world that is sort of like part truth and not truth. A half and half mix. We have to be straightforward that we're walking on the straight and narrow. How will it turn out? If we stay on the right path, here it is. When you stay close to Jesus. And by the way, if you stumble and you get off the wrong path, get on the wrong path, you can get back on. This is how it works. Admitting you made a mistake. There it is. Confessing. There it is. Confessing. And Lord, at the same time, as you confess, he says, the psalmist prayed, Lord, change my heart. Create in me a clean heart. Create in me what I ought to be. And so back to the right or the left, so that you may have success where you go. Success. You mean that God wants me to be successful? Yes. What does that look like, though? You're successful when you've done it God's way. Amen. You're successful when you raise your children to serve the Lord and love God. You're successful. You're successful when husbands love wives and wives love husbands. You're successful. You're successful when you put in your, your best at the workplace. When you give it all, you don't try to cheat in any way or take advantage. You're successful. Because you're representing the Lord himself. You're successful. Because this word of God is living and active. Sharper than any double-edged sword. Able to pierce the soul, the marrow. And judge the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. You're successful. You say, oh, Lord. Thank you for speaking to my heart. I, I have a story back in the day when I was in college, and, you know, I was working for my brother, so I was entitled to unemployment, right? When you're laid off in the fall, I was doing concrete masonry with my brother, so I was, he was paying in the unemployment benefits. But here's what happened. Let me just share a quick little This is what happened. I started looking at the small print on the letters, you know, on the unemployment. I said, are you attending any college school, blah, blah, blah. And check the box. So as my conscience, 
I'll be honest, I checked the box. But I already had received several hundred dollars, maybe a thousand, I can't remember exactly. But here I'm reading, I'm reading through Psalm 16. I, was, I can remember I, I was at my home, I was where, where I was living at the time, and I was reading this. And I was, here's, here's what I was reading, Proverbs 16, verse 7. When a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, he makes even his enemies be at peace with him. Now this next verse, here's the verse. Better is a little with righteousness. Oh my goodness. I checked the box. Better is a little, then it was, then great income with injustice. My goodness. The mind of a man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Here's what happened. I get this letter. I'm thinking, wow, this is great. I'm going to college. I'm getting my checks, you know, I'm just, you know and I don't have to work another job. All of a sudden, I get a letter from the IRS, you know, unemployment report to the office immediately. It was Minneapolis, you know, headquarters office. And so I'm just really kind of embarrassed, thinking, now what? I, I felt like, well, I'll just have to pay it back. Sure enough, I walked down there and said, you can't get unemployment benefits. You owe us this much. You know what? I had a peace about it. It was okay. I, I was able to pay it back. Here's what, here's what I'm telling you this story. I needed to watch over my heart. Nobody else could do that for me. I needed to make a decision. Was my integrity with the Lord more important or was it, was it the money more important to me? You see, what God helps us to do is to make the right decision when we're walking with him. And it's just simple things. It's just life. And sometimes we just got to, you know, admit I made a mistake. But you know what? There's restoration. There's forgiveness. What if I clinch my fist and say, it's mine, I earned it, I hung on to it, and I would hurt myself. I would cut myself, short-circuit myself from the blessings of the Lord. It's just an example. No matter where you're at today, God always has new beginnings, a new start, a fresh start. Guess what? Every day is a new start. Every morning, the scripture says his mercies are new every morning. I love that. I need that. I need his mercy, his grace every day to be able to walk in his presence, walk as I ought to walk. What will speak to people around you is not always what you say, but what you walk. How you handle yourself. What an opportunity. What a blessing to know that the Lord waits for us to come. He waits for us to come. He wants us to have this freedom.
And we don't have to bow down to the flesh, to the world, to the voice that is lying. But we could bow to Him. We're going to sing another song. We'll come to the altar. And I just think that this would be a great day, great opportunity to lay some things that are on your heart today on the altar. Lay them before the Lord. Allow Him to take them from you. Allow Him to, to free you up. Allow Him to give you another chance, a new beginning. Yesterday, gone. Let's put it behind us. Let's start afresh and anew.